What's up, LifePoint Church? How you guys doing today? Come on, you glad you came to church this afternoon, this morning? We're so thankful for you. How about that last song, everybody? What a great song. We are so thankful. If you didn't know, Pastor Elmer wrote that song, and that just released last week on Spotify, Apple Music, through LifePoint Creative. So I want to encourage you to grab that. It is a free download for you and share it with others as well. Yahweh, one of the beautiful names that we have for our Father in heaven. Thankful for that. Hey, I want to say welcome to LifePoint Church. My name is Mike Burnett. My wife Stephanie and I are honored to serve here as your pastors as well as an entire team who just loves to serve you with interns, pastors, staff leaders. Such a privilege to have you. I want to give a big welcome to everyone who is here for the very first time. Come on, LifePoint. Can we say welcome to our guests today? We're so glad you're here. We always have a gift for our guests, and uh, we have a big giant red wall in the lobby now, and that is, that is a stopping point for anything that you need from our leadership here at the church. You want to get connected to a small group, go to our Next Steps class. If you say yes to Jesus and you need to know your next steps, everything is now centered around that big red wall right in the middle of our lobby. And so if, if this is your first time here with us today, we'd love to meet you there, and uh, we also have a little something for you as well. As always, I want to say welcome to our Austin Peay State University campus and our online campus. We love you guys. No matter where you're watching in the world, we love being a part of your weekend. Your weekend, whether you're listening on demand or watching live, hey, type in the chat and let us know where you're watching from. That's always fun to see. I want to thank you for being a generous church. As I say every weekend, thank you for being a generous church. We're a church that believes in tithing and giving offerings. So we bring the tithe to the Lord. The Bible says that's our first 10th tenth portion that we bring to God as a thank you to the Lord for what he's given. And then beyond that, we give offerings as God directs us. And so thank you for being a faithful and generous church, whether you give online, through our app, through texting or in the mail. I want to say thank you for that. Some of you like to drop it in the bucket in the, uh, in the lobby as well. I'm old school. My wife and I are old school. We still like to write a check. Come on, somebody. How yeah, I many of y'all like to just break out the old checkbook sometimes and sign that sucker? You know what I'm saying? How many of you don't know what a checkbook is? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're living in pretty tense times and finances are taking a hit for everybody. I mean, inflation's high like we haven't seen in decades. Gas prices. Come on. How many of you have lamented about how much gas was when you started driving. Anybody said that to your kids lately? I remember when I was a kid, I drove a mule, you know, like some of y'all are that old. I started driving and gas was 88 cents a gallon. That's in the year of our Lord, 1996. Sometimes I just gotta remind myself I'm a little seasoned. Four and a half dollars a gallon, man, it's crazy. Milk's high, bread's high, deodorant. Candles are so high, my house just stinks all the time, y'all. Just stinks now. It smells like humans all the time. But the reality is, listen, God's not surprised and he's not stressed. And I want to remind you of a couple things, particularly what ends up happening when, when money's tight, one of the first things we do is we, we stop our generosity, we stop the overflow kind of life. And I just want to, I want to ask you to be wise with that and faithful to God. And you may need to adjust your budget. You may not go to Olive Garden, you may go to Wendy's. Come on, somebody, right? You might need to go to Panera with no tip. Go to Culver's. That's what I'm talking about. Get you a little custard. Just the kid size, though, not the grown size. We're in a recession. But the reality is God's kingdom's never in recession. Inflation don't, don't affect the kingdom of heaven. And I want to remind you of a couple things. First of all, in Psalm 24, it says, the earth is God's and everything in it. Everything belongs to the Lord, including you and your family and your life and your budget. And every part of your life matters to him. In Matthew chapter 6, I, I told you last week when Jesus said, 
um, store up treasures in heaven where nothing can destroy. It's not submitted to the recession or to the Bitcoin crisis, right? He says, store up treasures in heaven. The very next chapter, very next paragraph, Jesus says in Matthew 6, I'm telling you, do not be anxious about your life. What's happening for a lot of people in the season we're living in, we're getting worried and anxious and nervous and the national news doesn't help that, neither does social media. Jesus says this as a command, don't be anxious. It's not an encouragement, not a suggestion, it's a command. Do not be anxious. Then he goes on to say, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or what you'll wear. And then he gives these really silly comparisons. He says, look at birds. They don't freak out and, and store up seeds and nuts in barns and go, oh, we gotta store it for the winter. He said, God feeds the birds. And then he says, aren't you more important than birds? Then he says, look at the flowers of the field. They don't spin their own clothes or toil over this, but God clothes the flowers every spring. And how many of you know by the summer, they're mowed over? He said, they're thrown into the trash pile. Aren't you more valuable than flowers? Jesus said, don't worry about what you'll eat, wear, drink. Listen, in a time of recession or inflation or gas hikes, don't worry. Be smart. Don't be foolish. You got to readjust your budget. But listen what Jesus then says. But seek first, put first, keep first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said, all these things will be added unto you. They'll be taken care of. Putting God first means I'm going to put him first in my time. I'm going to put him first with my resource, my money. I'm going to put God first in my week. That's why you come to church on a Sunday morning. We're going to put God first and serve first and give first. And he says, and all these things will be added unto you. I just want to remind you that you serve a good God who loves you and he's for you, and he's faithful to you. He never has evil or bad for you, and he's not living by the terms of this economy. He has a different economy. You keep God first. Remember it's all his, and he loves you, and he's for you, and we're gonna get through this thing together. Can I hear an amen, everybody? Thank you for your faithfulness and generosity. Thank you for keeping the Lord first and being faithful there. Well, hey, I'm very excited to introduce our guest speaker today. Uh, he hasn't been here in about a year and a few months, uh, but he's a great friend to Stephanie and me. He's one of our overseers. Now, in the governance of our church, we have three layers of leadership. Well, first of all, we got you. We got our dream team. That's where our leadership really begins. But as far as the leadership and, and direction of our church, we're led by our pastors, so our pastoral staff, our team. And then we have a, a board of trustees, and our board handles all the finances, the the budgets, bylaws, building, acquisition, all that kind of stuff, new properties, that's on their, their lane of responsibility. And then we have a third level of leadership and they're an out of house group of men who literally hold me and my life accountable, my family, they cover us in prayer, they're called our overseers. So we're led by our pastors, we're held accountable to a board and we're protected by overseers. These are the guys that can correct me, bring discipline to my life. They also check in on me and my family and our team and consequently you. They pray for this church, they cover this church. One of our overseers, one of my favorite overseers, because he's Cajun like me and he's funny, is Pastor Dino Rizzo. Pastor Dino is also the director, the executive director of the Association of Related Churches, which is, in my opinion, one of the greatest church planning organizations really in the history of the church. And they are planting churches and your giving every month is a part of that. In fact, we've got a new church planner coming to Clarksville this year through the ARC, through the Association of Related Churches. And LifePoint, we're gonna stand with them, we're gonna help them, we're gonna encourage them. Some of you, God may even send to go help launch this church because how many of you know we're in this for the kingdom of heaven forever? Amen, everybody. Pastor Dino and Delin have been here multiple times. They are amazing friends and family. And I told them this crowd's rowdy. So I need the amen crowd to build up. Come on now. Would you give it up for our good friend, Pastor Dino Rizzo? Come on, everybody.
right. Come on, let's give Jesus one more hand clap. It's all about him. Great to see you. Great to welcome all those joining online at one of our other campuses. I love this church. Always feel at home here. Always feel at home. And I should because I know this church well. Uh, I pray for you constantly. Uh, I love the mission of LifePoint Church. You go on the website. It's right there. Uh, everything you kind of feel in this environment, in this family, uh, has this idea is to do all we can to lead people to become uh, fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And I think that's what it's all about. And that's happening. If you're around here all, uh, long at all, you'll see people coming to Christ, people getting baptized, people getting involved with small groups. Uh, I get to see some of that data uh, being able to see how many people are coming to Christ. It's amazing. Your pastor preaches such a clear word. People say yes to Jesus. And then, of course, next steps, which is so important. I showed up at church, didn't know much at all, not raised in church. Uh, and it was not because we were like wicked or, you know, we should be anti-church. We just worked a job and worked a summer job. of raised in a little community called Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And so we did tourism work and we just didn't go to church. So the church came to me. Church did a serve day, which is right around the corner for you. And, uh, and I showed up in a church and, you know, it was a maze. I didn't understand anything. And thank God they showed me next steps. And uh, they, they, they didn't have a big red wall, but they, they gave me a pathway where I could figure out some things. And I, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a pathway like that. So I'm grateful for a church that does that. Then you get on a team and start serving uh, like we talked about at serve day. You do that several times a year. You're really a church that reaches out constantly. And so a church did a serve day in Myrtle Beach, and I came to Christ because of outreach. That's why serve day in July is my favorite day of the year, and you want to make sure you jump and be a part of that. And then it's an honor. I, I'm so humbled, uh, all the things that my wife and I, we get to serve at. One of those things that is probably one of our greatest honors is being able to create and provide and be there for spiritual oversight here and to get to see the integrity uh, of this house and you know, it, it's, I can tell you this, every effort is being made in all those, those, uh, those, those stages of, of leadership as you, for you as a church. I can promise you with what I see and what you see in public is what you see in private. And just every effort is being made to honor God uh, and, and be good stewards and integrity. And almost like a 360 world where it's kids and it's finances and it's the scripture. And so much of that comes right out of the heart of this team and your leadership. And out of your pastors, I thank God for pastors Mike and Stephanie. They are the real deal. We've known each other a long time. There's probably not a week that goes by that Pastor Mike and I are not on the phone. And Delana and Stephanie, we feel family here. And I can tell you this, uh, your pastors love God. They love you. They are the real deal. And and it, it just the, the integrity of not only just they want to lead well, but also of God's word. I think Pastor Mike is one of the great Bible teachers on the planet today. And I just thank God. Can you clap your hands for the gift that you have in your pastors, Mike and Stephanie? Amen. God gives you a couple like that. It's a gift. And you pray for them. And you, 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 you thank God for them. And, and, uh, and I'm just grateful. Not only what they do here and how they serve you, but literally in this region. You see his heart for other churches, which... Is so amazing and then what's happening nationally with the influence of this church and all that you do in and around missions and we've got we, we plant churches and so you're part of that when you give like pastor mike talked about a portion of that is going to start some new churches 
and we've done 40, we started 44 churches this year already, do about another 36 in the fall. And so many of those are wanting to learn, and they learn here at this church, they learn from your pastors. And so I'm just, I'm thankful that I could say to other pastors, hey, go learn from that dream team. Go, and, and every time I've ever called Pastor Mike Stevens, would you spend time, would you, t would you talk to, would you be a part of, it's always yes. And, and that just reflects your generosity, which I think is amazing. So grateful, grateful. It is an honor to communicate with you this weekend. And again, I feel like family when I'm here. Uh, my wife is Cajun, so she's from Louisiana. I'm Italian, so a whole lot of energy going on in my house. And uh, I'll show you a picture of our family. I always show a picture of, of the Rizzo Bunch. And so uh, that's the Rizzo Bunch. That's my oldest daughter on the end. She turned 28 yesterday. That's her husband. He's, she graduated from LSU, LSU fan. He's an Alabama, he graduated from Alabama. So they have football issues in their marriage. That's our baby girl. She goes to Alabama. Now that we've lived in Alabama nine years, we were in Louisiana for 20 years. That's my son, Dylan. He serves at Church of the Highlands. And then that's my lovely wife. We've been married 33 years. So our family loves this family. And my wife loves your wife. And we're just grateful to be a part You've got some core values here, just things that, that matter. And, and some of those are like love God, that matters. Love people, that matters. Develop leaders, that matters. And one of those is to live and give generously. And I want to talk around that for a few minutes. Out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to just dive into a portion of Scripture. I want to talk for a few minutes on the idea of what God loves, what God loves Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing to those watching across church life. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we lean in. Lord, let, let every person know that they matter. You see what's happening in their world. Speak to every heart. Uh, Lord, move us. Change us. Teach us your word so that we can grow. So, Lord, thank you for our pastors. Thank you for this house. and Have your way. All the expressions today. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at the other person that was your second option and say, you look like you could use a little church, my friend, church. My wife and I launched a church in 1993 in South Louisiana and a little small church we started just kicked it off, just had a handful of people, and we're there in South Louisiana outside of Baton Rouge, and it floods in South Louisiana. Some of you know a little something about that, so always flooding, and so my wife and I start this church, and, and it was a little small church, and in the church, they, they, they gave, with the church came this great little, but we got to use this facility, so we're going, you can use this other little incredible thing called a parsonage. So I don't know if you know what a parsonage is, that's a house that they build on church property, so and we were young, we were babies, I mean, God, she, I think, again, my, I think my wife was 23 when we started. I was 28, so we were babies. And, and we, so we move in this parsonage. You can live there all the time. You never leave the church. It's so horrible and terrible and amazing. All at the same time. It's just incredible. So we lived on property, and, uh, and, and the trustees did an incredible thing for us. They would forward the church phone Sunday after church to our little parsonage till Sunday morning. So it's just, it was the most amazing, agonist thing you could ever think of. And so, the, and so we, we pastor in that church. And so, again, it floods in Louisiana. So uh, this is March. Uh, I get a phone call, parsonage. I pick up, 
And it's Sister Onita. She lives down the bayou. She lives down by Hushatu, over there by Antioch, on the other side of Bayou Manshack, right there by George O'Neill. And that's South Louisiana talk. You just describe things the wildest way. And uh, Matt's here. He's from South Louisiana. And so she called me Sister Onita. And that was her name. What's your name? Sister Onita. And so Sister Onita says, hey, flood water's coming up down the Bayou Manshack. It'll come across Hushatuda. She Cajun, y'all, so you, you can't. I'm just going to talk like she talked. She come across Bayou Man Shack up down uh, 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 George O'Neill. I got mom all upstairs. Got to get mom all from upstairs. Flood water coming. Got these babies in the front yard. Y'all need to come over here, Shy. That's it. Hangs up the phone. I don't know nothing. All I know is there's flood waters. So I called a friend of mine. Got a truck. Only guy in the church got a truck. Uh, I called went with the one teenager. Had a little bit of muscle, and I decided to go down there to do spiritual oversight. And so. I, we show up at Sister Odita's house, down by Hushatu, other side of Antioch, Bayou Manshack, coming across George O'Neill's pasture, and, and we start moving that furniture out because the flood's coming, moving that furniture out. Where are we taking it, Sister Odita? I don't know that you the pastor. And so we got $300 in the church account. I take 100 of it and go get a, 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 and go get a, a storage unit. We finally get Momo from upstairs. We get the kids out the front yard. We load them over to some cousins. Uh, and then the flood water comes up, floods our house. It's there for about two weeks. Uh, and, and it goes down, goes back across Hoochatoo, go back down by Bobby. So we go back. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with Some of you have had to deal with that. You've had to pull that carpet out. You've had to uh, work with that baseboard, cut that sheet rock, and get, deal with all that. So we get over there. We decide we're going to do it. So we got to rent. So we got to rent the warehouse one more month. So that's, now I'm down to $100. How many of you ever thank God for air in your checking account? You know what I'm talking about? Ain't nothing in my checking account but air, glory to God. So we got, we, I mean, we're down to $100, and, and we, we get her back in the house. We put the carpet in. We fix the baseboards. We move that furniture back in. We get Momo back upstairs, get them babies out in the front yard. And, and I never forget I left. I went back down Husha too. come across Manshack by, by George O'Neill. I never forget. I'm going back to the parsonage. And I thought, wow, what two months we've just experienced. And I remember the thought that I had as a, as a young pastor. I'm so glad we gave all we could. I remember pulling off of her property and, and, and that family was back okay. I'm glad we didn't, I'm glad we just didn't help a little bit. I'm glad we didn't partially serve. I'm glad we went all in. I'm thankful that as a small church, as a small group of men that, and, and ladies that came over there to help her, I, I just felt so, I was so excited that we went the second mile. I was so excited that as a, as a group, as an individual, that we went over and above, and guess what? We even went beyond. And I was grateful for the difference that we made as a people. Now, the Bible sometimes will give you these windows in Scripture that I love. They're, they're what I call kind of one-stop shops where you can find everything you need on a topic. And, and what you find in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 in about eight verses is it's, it's a place where... It helps you to, to realize the value and the importance of going all in as a single mom or a blended family or a college student, senior adult, where it, it gives us the truth and the mercy and grace of, of God's window and what it means as a person that has experienced God's love, what it means to return that back. 
through generosity. I'll read to you. It's in Genesis, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, begins in the heart, to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. Pastor Mike taught that as he was talking about the opportunity to return the tithe and be a person of the offering and all these different ways that you and I decide in our heart to text and to, to send in a check or to, to participate, to serve. We do it while, because here's, here's a, a statement, for God loves a cheerful giver. So interesting, I've run by that, I've read that so many times. It's interesting, out of, out of everywhere in the Bible, he just, the Holy Spirit says, I'm gonna put this right here. I want you to know something about God Almighty, the King of Kings, the creator of the universe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna give you a hint on something that God Almighty loves. God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound. It's a great word. Every good work as it's written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. The righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge your harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, through your generosity, watch what it says, will result. There's a result. The result is thanksgiving to God. Hmm. I could live my life in a way of generosity, of caring, of sharing. That the result, there's a result, and the result of that is there's thanksgiving to God? You mean to tell me after all that God has done in my life, after the way he's helped me and healed me and give me a second chance, I can then live my life in a way, even though there's imperfections, even though there's challenges, even though I've not got it all right all the time, but I can decide to live my life in a way that the way I live my life, that other people can give thanks to God, experience God, then yes, sign me up for a lot of that. Think I want to do that with my life. Yeah. It goes on to tell us this service you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also is overflowing in many, many, many expressions of thanks to God. Because of your service by which you've proved yourself, others will praise God for your obedience that accomplishes your confession of the gospel of Christ for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Can I have a good amen for God's word? Love, love, love the scripture. We bounce back up to verse seven where it says, verse right before, right there before verse, for God loves a cheerful giver. I was reading this the other day and I just got stuck there. I couldn't get away from it. It was just on repeat. God loves a cheerful giver. God Almighty, God the creator of the world. God who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. He loves something. What does he love? He loves a cheerful giver. Do you know there's not many places in the whole Bible that tells you what God loves? It's not like it said every chapter all the time. There's only a few windows. We know that John 3, 16 is huge. It tells us something God loves. And it says that God loves what? For God so loves the whole world. 
that whoever believes in his son Jesus sent his son Jesus. He loves, therefore he gave his son. Whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting. So we know that God loves people, that God loves everybody, that God loves us so much he sent his son. There's some other places that talk about what God loves, but we don't have in the Bible, here's God's favorite animal. God loves, he just loves hippopotamus. God loves purple. God loves a fried chicken. You would think that. You don't know those things. But it's so interesting to me that in the Bible we see something God specifically wants us to know that he loves. I think that's important because I know how much God loves me and I know how thankful I am to God. Therefore, I want to love what God loves. Worship actually is my love responding to his love. Well, then I want to love what he loves. Uh, I fell in love with my wife when she was in like with me. That's a bad situation. It's not good. It's, girl, girl, look at me. I love you. And she says, thank you. That's not what you're looking for, my friend. Don't go get that ring yet. Hold up on that ring. And so it took her a while. Sometimes I'd say, I love you, Delin. She'd say, thank you. Thanks. I like you too. Can we go to Arby's? Can we, can we head on out of here? And, and so I, I, I mean, girl, so I started, here's a, I was in love with her quick, immediately. I love you. And, and, and so I, I, I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so I, I found out stuff she loved. I started loving what she loved. So I was like, where do you like, I love pizza. I love Pizza Hut. <laughs> Hello. So I love, I love chocolate. Chocolate, my whole life. I mean, and then one time she said, I love these little figurines at Hallmark. They're called Precious Moments. What? I've collected them my whole life. I went to every Hallmark on the East Coast buying every little statue, little big-headed kid flying a kite, cutting grass. I collected Precious Moments. Finally, she caught a glimpse of the total package. She said yes to the dress. We was in. But I, I started loving what she loved. I want to love what God loves. He just tells me he loves a cheerful giver. I want to be that. Now, if you look up the word cheerful, there's one thing for being a giver, another thing being a cheerful giver. If you look up the word cheerful, it comes from the Greek word. You know this, Pastor Mike teaches you well. Uh, hilarious, where we get the word hilarious. Hilarious actually means ah ha 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 ha. It, it, uh, it means it's noisy. It's joyful. It's lively. I like hilarious. I never stop hilarious. Nobody caught, I got something hilarious to tell you. No, I don't need that, brother. I need something depressing. I got to tell you a hilarious story. No, I need serious. I need more serious. No, 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 no. I welcome hilarious stories. Hey, in the world that we live in, wow. And God says, I love hilarious, cheerful givers. God loves that. What does God love? I want to be that. I want to live that. Not because of me. Because of him. Because of what he's done in my life. How much he has helped me. How much he has healed me. How much he has forgiven me. How much... He has been there for me. Hey, how much when he walked in, when others walked out. I want to I, I love him back. 
because of the grace and mercy. I want to be that. And what I love about 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is most of it is speaking in the terms of farming. And so when you think about farming, you don't think of a, you know, if a farmer has a lot of seed, which seed is potential, seed is future, seed is hope. And, and you, you would think if, if he, if you would, a farmer would, farmer loves to sow. Why? Because he loves the potential in the seed. He loves the harvest. He loves the hope. If he hoards the seed, if he gets fearful over the seed, if he, if he, if he has a spirit of lack on him, he says, well, I'm not going to get any more. I got to hold on to it. Guess what? He has no future. There's no hope. There's no potential. He's got to release it so that there can be future and a hope. And, and, and so the farmer loves to sow because he loves the result of the sowing. And God is saying, I want my people, I want those who have found grace and mercy, I want them to love the expression of generosity because of the result, the potential, the hope, the future that's in it because it results in other people all of a sudden thank, thanking God, experiencing God. That's why I love a serve day because you just never know what could happen. You never know how God uses a moment like that. So God gives us this idea that you and I get to live in that to release. What does God love? God loves a cheerful giver. And I'm 57 years old, and I love being 57. Somebody stopped me and I said, don't worry about being 57. 57 is the new 37. I said, no, it's not. It's 57. Enjoy it. I love it because I can go to bed when I want. Say what I want. People just, well, he's old. It's okay. He's old. Bless his heart. He's going on to bed. So I love it. I love it. I, love it. I get to do, to do conferences. Pastor Mike and I will do things together. He's normally like the main speaker because he's such a great preacher. I'm on the panel. I'm a panel guy now because I'm older. They like an older guy on a panel. So you go to these conferences like, hey, can we, can we, do you mind doing the panel? Because we need to know what it was like. You know, when you came over on a wagon, you planted a church. What did it feel like? It's like, yeah, great, thank you. It's fabulous. And so uh, I'm on a panel. 19-year-old kid is hosting the panel, which got me angry from the beginning. He 19? He don't know nothing. He just had a bad attitude because I was old. I didn't care. It's bad attitude. I need to go to bed. And so uh, he kept, Pastor, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, that's great. great. He says, uh, what decisions have you made in your life, name three of them, that you made yesterday that is now affecting your today in a positive way. And he said, and will continue to affect your next. That's genius. I was like, you're 19? You're brilliant. Uh, I repent. Can I hire you? Genius. Because it's, it's a great question. What, did, what decisions have you made in your life? Talk to me, church. That you made in your yesterdays. That is now still speaking into your now positive that you know are going to speak into the, tra the trajectory of your tomorrows. I think I want to make more of those in the, in the right way. I made some of them in the bad way. I made some in my yesterday that I don't want to remember. But what, what and, and I, I answered it in a minute. It was so easy. I said, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, June the 21st, 1982, because the church did an outreach, I would have never showed up in church. I was not, we were not church going people. Church came to me. Do you know there are many people that will never make the first move? 
until we make the first move. That's why serve day is super important because we're making the first move and it allows other people to make a move. And I said, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, second one is who I married. Uh, whatever your dynamic is today, would, nothing we do about yesterday, but your dynamic of marriage today changes the trajectory of your life. I said the third best decision I ever made was when I decided to be a giver and to give my life to the cause of Christ through the local church at 19 years old. Changes, it's changed everything. And I had a good pastor when I was young. He taught me the power of generosity. He taught me the freedom of generosity. He taught me the principle of returning the tithe like Pastor Mike talked about. That's where I, the Lord blesses me with a job. The Lord has given me an opportunity. And after the fact, he's given me 10 Skittles. I'm going to return one back. It's the tithe. It's 10th. I've been doing that my whole life. And I worked at the Shark's Tooth Cove. I was tithing. When I did Airbrush T-shirt, I was tithing. When I laid sod, I was tithing. When I laid carpet, I was tithing. When I laid wood floors, I was tithing. When I dug foundations, I was tithing. When I was landscaping, I was tithing. I have always, in all these years, and I have zero regret of giving anything to the work of God. No regrets. And then the other way is when I, I have given over and above. I've, I've brought an offer. I, I thank God that my pastor taught me that when you feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit, you be a blessing over and above. You know what I'm talking about when you have Popeyes and you're getting that biscuit in the morning and you feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit to get that second biscuit just in case you run into somebody. And when you run into somebody, you go bless them with that sausage biscuit. Hey, if you don't run into them, guess what? You got two. Glory to God. Ain't no loss. But you go ahead and respond. You're doing that before. Before. That's where you, you're nice to somebody before they're nice to you. That's where you pray for somebody when they throw in shade at you. That's where you're a blessing in the workplace when nobody's talking to you. That's where you go ahead and buy that dozen donuts for the job site. And that, why are you bringing it? I just love my job. What? You do it beforehand. It's where you, you sow. It's faith. I give beforehand. I was with a pastor the other day in Dallas. Get there early. He says, I need to show you something. We walk outside. We're standing outside. He's a big dude like Pastor Mike. He says, look, look. I'm looking. He starts crying. Look at there. He's weak. I'm like, what? I'm crying. Look. Oh, God. What are we looking at? He says, 800 parking places. The church, they, they gave over and above their tithe. They, we poured the parking places before anybody shows up. Our church is growing. Before we check those children into the children's area, before they come in and sit in the seat, before they hear a worship song, before they ever accept an invitation to Christ, we did it beforehand for those that are not yet here. Oh, come on, church, clap your hands. Because I know they're coming. That's, you wave at your neighbor. Hey! He's been chin checking you for three years. <laughs> Put yourself out there, hey? Three years later, he's like, God moved. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm going to give you some application. You say, well, how do I, how do I live this? How, do I, how does this work on a Tuesday? How does this work on, on a Friday? Here's the first thing you got to do is you just start. It's the best day to start right now. Right about now. Just going to start being a blessing. I'm going to start being a cheerful giver. I'm not going to be a, 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 a bummed out giver. I'm not going to be, you know the person here, go ahead and take it. Go ahead. You have the calzone. I don't want your calzone now. You know, you know what I'm talking about? But you, you, cheerful giver. When do you start? You start right now. Here's the second way. Join a team. We can do way more together than we can all by myself. I can't plant 44 churches by myself. We can. I can't do a serve day to impact a region. But if all of us go by the red wall and decide I'm going to do a serve, I'm going to be a part, and I'll call. I'll call a life point. We're all going to do it. What difference can we make? Wow. You don't be by yourself. There's a bayou in Louisiana you don't want to live on. It's called by yourself. <laughs> Ain't nothing good happens on by yourself. Bad things happen on by yourself. Just start. Join a team. Two steps. Two values for all of us. And I have found this to be so true. Here's the value. Just be ready to spill the love of God all over the place. I'm just going to live my life ready. He has filled you with his word. He has filled you with his spirit. He has filled you with forgiveness. He has filled you with hope. You are filled to spill. Not just filled to think about it. Oh, I'm about to bless somebody. I'm about to bless somebody today. Well, if you're about to bless nobody, does it bless anybody? It's when I actually bless someone. An intention to be generous does not bring freedom. It's when you follow through with generosity that brings freedom to that friend, that helps that. You go ahead, I'm going to cook them a meal. Well, if they don't ever get that rice, roast, or gravy, ain't nobody getting blessed. You go ahead and bring that meal. Can I have a good amen? So when you bump, you just, oh, I didn't mean, I, I didn't mean to spill grace and mercy all over you today. Let's, 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 let's stain the carpets of our world with the grace and kindness of Jesus Christ. Because, hey, there's a lot of things being spilled today. A lot of hate, a lot of hurt, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of shade. Let's be the opposite. What's this, 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 the second? Just start, join a team, spill the love of God, and then the last thing is a value. You just watch. You, you, you see this happen. You watch and see how Jesus moves with your more. All over the Bible, somebody gives more. They go the second mile. They offer up to the Lord. And he just moves all in it. You watch him move. You give him more. Give him a little more time. Notice more. Hear more. Listen more. You see what God does. Amen. God loves a cheerful giver. Just find something to be a blessing. I, I, I made a decision a couple months ago. I was in a drive-thru. Ooh, a lot of pain in drive-thrus right now. You better be full of God when you order a three-piece these days. Ooh, man. There's some mean folk up in drive-thrus. I mean, I, 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 was at, I was in Cincinnati going to preach, and I, I'm, I'm about 7.15 in the morning. I'm at a McDonald's. Lady gets out the car, and she throws her sandwich into the drive-thru. I'm like, What? I'm behind her. 
I got to jump out my car because I love drive-through drama. I'm like, what? Let <laughs> like a video it. And I walk up. She's screaming, I need a McGriddle. I need a McGriddle. She about to go down. Like, I thought she was going to have a heart attack. And I, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I said, whoa. I said, we're going to get you a McGriddle. Like, I work for McDonald's. I'm going to get you a McGriddle. I said, babe, get in the car, baby. Sweet, babe, get in the car. I'm going to church. About to preach, about to love God in Jesus' name. I'm gonna get you a Mac Griddle. I looked at drop. Can I please, in the name of the Lord, get a Mac? I gave her two Mac Griddles. I looked at her and said, "Life is more important than a Mac Griddle." She said, "You gone now?" I pull up, get my egg Mac. Mom, we love you. I said, "We love you in Jesus' name," and I, I just gave her all the money I had in my pocket. She said, "I can't take." It. I said, "Oh no, you keep it. Keep it all in the name of Jesus." I was just preaching glory. Hallelujah. Yeah. I was having to be a tie. I got blessed. She got blessed. She said, Lord, I feel church. Why not? Why not? I just, I don't care what they think about me. I mean, what is, what are, what are they hearing all day long? Get cussed at all day long. Why not bring a little church? I made a decision that day. I'm going to change the world one drive through at a time. Why not? Find something, someone, serve day, a micro moment that I'm just going to be a blessing. God loves a cheerful giver. That's what he loves. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Father, I pray you'd help us to be those people be that dad to be that mom to be that blended family Lord I pray right now you touch every heart just one moment one of our team is going to come and give you an opportunity to say yes to Christ with every head bowed every eye closed Pastor Mike's going to come but I just want to take just want to take about 60 seconds and all across this room you say Dean I've been weighed down man I feel like I'm drowning crazy but I, I need a new beginning I need a fresh start today I need a fresh start in Jesus name maybe you're watching I need a new beginning and I need the I need the slate to be wiped clean I need a fresh start all across this room if that's you every head bowed every eye closed not gonna have you stand not gonna have you come forward but I want to lead you in prayer if that's you if you just say do you know pray for me I need a fresh start in Jesus name can you lift up your hand I see hands going up all across this room you can put that hand down. Can you just pray this from your heart? Say, dear Jesus, oh, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died and you rose again. So today I confess you as my Savior. Give me a new beginning. Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen.